it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of New Horizons. I'm John Simpson. On the 6th of December, we learned of the passing of Dr. Kevin Francis Murphitt, AM. Kevin was a true leader in the disability sector and beyond, and today we're going to learn a little bit about his life and achievements. Firstly, I want to welcome to the program Kevin's husband, Francois Jacobs. Francois, on behalf of New Horizons listeners right around the country and Kevin's many friends and colleagues, I want to start by extending our sympathies and condolences to you, to your family and to Kevin's family at at this time. I thought we'd talk a little bit uh, about Kevin's uh, uh, life as as you knew him. And perhaps the good starting point there would be, tell us about how you came to know Kevin and uh, how your relationship developed. (laughs) Yeah, um, he always would say that his life and everything that happened to him was because of serendipity and coincidence and um, while all these coincidences that he called them are quite well known in terms of his achievements on a personal level it literally was a coincidence that um, on at the end of 2011 I phoned my longtime friend Martine Abel Williamson in New Zealand to wish her a happy new year and with her at the time happened to be visiting her friend, which she met through volunteering internationally in the Asia-Pacific region, Kevin Murphitt, and I've never heard of him, but she had to feed the dogs and she just said to him, can you just talk to Francois for a bit and I'll be back? And and I spoke to this person and very interesting and we sort of just kept contact. And a year later, when I eventually came to visit Martine, he said to me, well, if you don't stop over in Melbourne on your way to Auckland, I'm going to shoot the plane down. <laughs> and uh, of course, I had plans for my own life and lots of future plans. So I stopped and stopped over. And that was, as they say, was history. We did a long-term relationship thing for about three years and then decided, look, it's either break it or somebody moves. And I took the plunge 2015 Three years later, we were married, and yeah, up till up till now, sadly. So you uh, knew Kevin both on a personal level and also through his his work and otherwise. I'm interested to, to hear your point of view in relation to how Kevin's car accident when he was a younger man might have impacted on his life. It's had a great, huge impact. I mean, because of that, one eye was damaged and the other eye, over a period of five years, deteriorated to the point we went totally blind. I'm not even sure that he finished year 12. Um, but then he just decided to totally retrain. And I think very shortly after, or during that process when he was losing his sight, he was referred to Vision Australia, where he received counseling and peer support and things and it just resonated with him in the sense that he wanted to help people and when the opportunity came to study he went and studied psychology and became a counselor at at, um, Deakin Uni where he then helped other students eventually the way he was assisted and supported when he was a student. 
So I think it's all about um, you can reinvent yourself and then you can give back, which was what Kevin's whole life was all about. We're going to hear from both Graham Innes and Bill Jolly shortly about some of Kevin's achievements in the disability sector, particularly around uh, blindness services and so forth. But um, I want to reflect on his uh, academic life at Deakin. He was at Deakin for quite a number of years, as you say, initially as a student and then uh, in an academic capacity. Uh, What do you see as his greatest achievements in that area? Oh, goodness. When I... Sorry, read the obituaries um, and tributes. There's so many things he's done that I didn't even know half of them. But he basically just said yes to almost everything and then found a way to make it work. He was working on the Voices of Children with Disability project in PNG and Vanuatu, where they interviewed kids with disability on what are their hopes and dreams. And it really aligned with the whole, the rights-based um, the rights that all children, all people with disability have um, in terms of UNCRPD. He worked on accessible transport standards, really making the, the community more inclusive in every way that he, he can, that, that, that he was able to. Um, fortunately, he had a really sharp mind. His lived experience, authenticity, things like that, shone through and he was he had to say no to some things because he was just being approached by too many people to do things but yeah I think he had no regrets and worked incredibly hard I along with many uh, who are listening to this program uh, were able to witness uh, Kevin's funeral because of the uh, wonders of streaming and uh, the picture that was painted of uh, Kevin there was uh, life of the party and a bit of a prankster do you have a particular story? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not really. I learned actually a lot through those pictures. Um, I don't know, as a blind person, I usually at funerals you get to the point where the the photo presentation is played and from my perspective it's basically just listening to a song and hearing people um and ah, sometimes I cry, sometimes I laugh, but it's very excluding for me. Um, So then I approached Vita Veritas, which is in... in, uh, a company or organization who does audio description here in Victoria and got them to audio describe the photo presentation and I've learned so much of Kevin playing guitar I mean I've never seen him play a guitar before but all those pictures are from his life and it was really uh, amazing to learn all these things about his past before me which I would never have known if it wasn't for this audio described version And I do want to take the opportunity on behalf of uh, those of us who were able to use that service to thank you for having that thought at at such a uh, poignant time in your your life. It was uh, great for all of us to be able to witness the photos in that way. Kevin Murphitt lived life to the full. His involvements included sport, where he uh, excelled uh, at water skiing, holding a couple of world championships, He uh, was involved with the Achilles Running Club uh, in more recent years and previous to that uh, was involved with tandem cycling. He also was involved with many 
disability-related and human rights-related activities, including in more recent times as an office bear with the Dog Guide Handlers Association, very involved with Description Victoria and the promotion of audio description, and uh, many other things. We don't have time to go into all of those involvements today, but I've invited two guests to uh, talk about a couple of Kevin's key involvements, Bill Jolly and Graham Innes. Well, we might start, Graham, with you. Um, in the 1990s, of course, you were very involved with the uh, uh, enactment and then promotion of the Disability Discrimination Act. And uh, one of the uh, involvements there was uh, with Kevin around the development of disability standards, uh, particularly, I think, related to transport. Is that right? Yes, John. Uh, Kevin was very involved in the um, development of the uh, transport standards and the project that BCA uh, ran, um, contributing to the development of those standards. And I was, I think, by then a deputy commissioner uh, at the Human Rights Commission, um, so helping to coordinate that work. But I met, first met Kevin at a BCA convention when um, I sat down to have a yarn to him about water skiing because I had water skied once as a um, uh, a few years before, but never done it professionally, and and so I wanted to get some some tips from the master, as it were. But um, we came to get to know each other more as he worked on the standards, and I always found him a a thoughtful, uh, contemplative uh, contributor. You know, he he considered points carefully, um, sought through all the implications, and so he always made very valuable input. Like uh, all of us on this uh, program, Graham, he was uh, very active around the time of the merger of the separate state-based blindness agencies, Royal Victorian Institute for the Blind, Association for the Blind and Royal Blind Society to form what's now Vision Australia. You were also very active at that time. I was chairing that process and Kevin was a senior board member at RVIB at the time and I came from the RBS board and we put together a committee of 12 um, uh, people, three from RVIB, three from RBS, three from BCA and three from um, Vision Australia Foundation and uh, Kevin was again him, his thoughtful, careful um, but self but a, a great advocate for people who are blind or vision impaired and really um, one of if not well, certainly one of the the lieutenants that I worked for as as chair of uh, with, worked with as chair of that committee, and helped guide the process um, to successful completion, and then um, I was appointed as uh, human rights commissioner and disability discrimination commissioner relatively soon after that merger had been completed. Um, too soon, really, for 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 the first chair to leave, but I had to leave, and uh, Kevin took over that role and, and did it very steadily and uh, uh, thoughtfully as you would expect him to um, and really um, got the ship through the, the early merger waters. Bill Jolly, you, uh, of course, are now chair of the Board of Vision Australia, so a, a successor to Kevin, but uh, you would have worked with him uh, through your BCA involvements and in other roles uh, uh, at the time that he was chair of Vision Australia? I got to know Kevin um a fairly long time ago, really, when he was just starting out in his area of work um, as a human rights activist. So, as as we've uh, noted, Kevin had a um, very serious car accident in his mid twenties, 
and that and that uh, changed his life and his life's direction. And uh, he was a um, a young knockabout lad having a good time in Geelong uh, with a couple of mates running a uh, a live music uh, venue. Um, he was a, a chef by trade. But uh, he didn't go back to that after the accident. He lost his sight and he he went to study and um, studied psychology and eventually got a PhD and, and worked for um, many years at Deakin University. But before that, he was active with the Villamanta Legal Service in Geelong and he chaired that uh, service. And a lot of the work for that organisation came out of the increased awareness about the rights of people with disabilities following the International Year of People with Disabilities in 1981 and then the passing of the Disability Discrimination Act. And he had a particular interest in, in employment, so it was also logical that he got involved with the Disability Employment Action Centre known as DIAC, and I think he was chair of that organisation for some years, but certainly very active. And that's where I got to know him in those roles and his interaction with BCA. And then, of course, in 1993, he nominated and was successful in being elected to the board of Royal Victorian Institute for the Blind, RVIB, where he served there for 11 years and eventually became vice president and, and as has been noted, then became chair of Vision Australia um, after, after the merger and after uh, Graham moving on to the position with the Human Rights Commission that he held for those for those years. And Kevin um, had a very important role with Vision Australia because he had to bed down that merger of the organisations with their different cultures and their, their different services mixes. And uh, he was the leader through that very difficult period of the GFC. And uh, Many organisations were impacted by that, and um, including Vision Australia. And it was a very difficult time for a few years, but Kevin um, led the organisation through that and then some pretty steady times afterwards, um, getting ready for the next challenge, which was the cultural change brought about by the NDIS and changes to My Age Care. Bill, um, Francois spoke earlier of uh, how... Kevin and he met, and it was through uh, Martine Abel, um, and of course that was a link to the World Blind Union. You were also uh, involved with the World Blind Union. Did you uh, work closely with Kevin in the international arena? Well, I didn't actually, John, because that was after I had finished my uh, involvement with WBU, and so I was uh, on the sidelines somewhat. But Kevin's involvement was with the WBU Asia-Pacific uh, region and particularly the South Pacific uh, nations and also Papua New Guinea. And he uh, did some work in really uh, together with his uh, work at uh, Deakin University and was able to get funding and, and he did some very interesting work and made uh, with young people with disabilities. And uh, it's tough working in Papua New Guinea. It's it's a very tough area because there's no infrastructure really to to uh, support the whole uh, society, let alone people with disabilities. So that was very difficult, confronting work that uh, Kevin was uh, involved in to try and get some leverage for 
kids with disabilities to get an education and then hopefully to uh, go on towards gainful employment. We all spend time together at BCA conventions and I, I do remember the convention after Kevin had met Francois and he and I were sitting together at, at a dinner or over a coffee, I can't recall which, and he described to me um, how he'd met the love of his life and that Francois was going to come to Australia and uh, and then I met Francois subsequently uh, when he arrived in Australia and I just saw um, two people who made a very solid relationship and partnership and enjoyed so much of life together and I thought it was great to see Kevin rise to that extra level of happiness uh, once that relationship had started. It's a big story to tell and uh, I'm really appreciative of the fact that you've been able to cover so much ground along with Francois earlier in the program. Uh, as I said before, Kevin's uh, interests were many and varied and we just don't have time to uh, to go into that. But uh, my thanks to Francois Jacobs, Bill Jolly and Graham Innes for their involvement in this program. This is the last edition of New Horizons for 2023. The program will take a break and Vaughan Benison will be back with you late in January. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream Of our dream